Experience the beauty and emotion of Lent and Easter with Christianity Today's newest devotional, Easter, in the everyday. Thoughtful readings from a variety of pastors, theologians, and writers invite you into the emotional stages of Christ's journey, from humility to hope to love. Beginning on Ash Wednesday and ending at Pentecost, this digital devotional is perfect for individual or group study. Get it today at orderct.com slash easter24. Welcome back to the Transforming Discipleship Podcast brought to you by smallgroups.com. It's a podcast designed for church leaders who desire to make disciples for Jesus Christ and the world. I'm your host, Oliver Hersey, and today I'm joined by two new friends of mine, Pastor Josh Stringer and Eric Solomon. How are you two doing today, guys? Doing well. Thanks for having having me on. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, we appreciate it. And I know we've dialogued a couple times over the past couple weeks. Uh, You guys had agreed, actually, long before COVID-19, you guys have been so gracious to be willing to change multiple times the topics that we were going to talk about. So I just want to um, say we appreciate that from smallgroups.com. Your willingness to, to kind of speak in and give us some wisdom. And you guys are both pastors. of. A, you, tell us a little bit about your church that you guys are involved in. Yeah, so College Church in Wheaton. Um, my role is pastor of discipleship, which is a broad term, obviously, and there's a lot of overlap in a lot of other ministries. Uh, but my main responsibilities are adult discipleship ministries. We're thinking about adult communities, which is like our Sunday school. Also, our small groups, men's ministry. I also uh, do a lot with our membership and and welcoming newcomers to the church. And so that's primarily what I do. And there, of course, there's a lot of people that help with that. Uh, it's not just me. Yeah, and Eric, you work closely with Josh, right? Yeah, I'm a pastoral resident finishing up my second year of a two-year program, and I've worked with Josh the whole time. Right now, I'm specifically working with men's ministry and small group ministry and just trying to navigate both of those things alongside Josh. That's great. I need to get a resident like that, Josh. (laughs) What are you doing? That's great. Brilliant. Well, um, I am, what I'm really interested in today, and this is something we've been talking about, and I've been thinking about it myself personally over the last week, as COVID-19 has really just derailed and disorganized us in so many ways, interrupting society on all fronts. We've had to reorganize our schedules, our ministries, everything's being reorganized and reshuffled right now. And I guess I'm curious, you know, I think about my own life and how it's been disoriented from all of this and the spiritual rhythms that I maintain or seek to to embrace, the disciplines, they are all having to also be reorganized. And I've, I've been so curious about having a conversation with some other pastors um, and to see if, if you felt maybe the same. And you know, how have you gone about maybe reorganizing and embracing spiritual disciplines a little differently in light of um, just life in a very different context? So maybe Josh, why don't you, uh, you want to go ahead and start us off? And then Eric, if you want to add to that. Sure. Well, I, I think, you know, times like this, obviously this is very new in the, in the magnitude of what's going on. But anytime you experience something that kind of upsets the apple cart a little bit, turns everything upside down, a lot of times your, your weaknesses are exposed, whether that's in ministry or in your family and, and that's not always a bad thing. In fact, it, it can be a gracious thing from the Lord. Absolutely. To show you um, where you are weak, where you might have thought you were a little bit stronger. And maybe spiritual disciplines are part of those. And I think, you know, 
as I was thinking about this question a little bit, something that's come to mind for me has been, have I made in my, in my effort to be efficient and to schedule out everything because my life is full, which isn't unique to me. In fact, that's one thing that you're going to hear from everybody, no matter what they do, that have I made an idol, so to speak, out of the discipline of disciplines, meaning do my spiritual disciplines depend on my discipline? I'm not sure that's the most helpful question, but it's been helpful for me to think through what does it mean to be a faithful Christian, to grow in my relationship with the Lord while things don't go according to my schedule? And how much have I idolized my own schedule? And what does that reveal about me in the world of, you know, getting things done uh, through, I don't know if you've read Deep Work by Cal Newport or Tim Challey's book, Do More Better, you know, all of these wonderful books, which I love and abide by. <laughs> yeah. To do more better and to have deep work all the time. Is that necessary to abide with the Lord? And so that's been a, a real challenge for me over the last couple of weeks, and even more so as I've thought about the question that you asked. It's interesting to hear you talking about that. What I'm hearing you say is, it's, is life has gotten messy, um, has our desire for like the, the organization and the, the cookie cutter life, uh, you know, I'll have my 15 minutes of quiet time here, or I'm going to fast on this day, or I'm going to, you know, almost like our ability to plan. Um, it's all been thrown up into the air and, and completely messed up. I hear you saying, Josh, something really interesting. Maybe our desire to have such structure is, could it be, I hear you raising the question, I guess, could it be almost like an idol, the structure itself? Am I catching you right or am I misunderstanding you? No, I think that's right. And I, and, and I don't know, I mean, I use the word idol. We'd have to ask Tim Keller about that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He's written a good book on that. <laughs> um, but uh at least it's been something that we've depended on. And it probably, even if other pastors are listening to this, it's probably something we're feeling from a programmatic standpoint. You know, as we've thought about discipleship and the discipline of discipleship within the church, do we really need all of our programs and all of those things? So when things are stripped away, pick your calendar, do the disciplines remain? And how do they remain? And maybe that leads us to really more of the question that you were asking. Yeah. Talk to me about that. What are you doing differently now? What are you finding yourself? How are you finding yourself drawn near to the Lord and kind of relying on his strength and, and, and his presence? Well, a passage that's really jumped out at me uh, most recently, it was, it's actually interesting. We were supposed to have a men's conference the weekend that uh, Governor Pritzker, so we're in Illinois, our governor gave the a shutdown, like the shelter at home. And so on Thursday, before the Friday conference was supposed to begin, we had partnered with Crossway. David Murray was going to come in and speak on his book, Reset, which is a great book, by the way, for guys who, especially men in ministry, who are thinking about all of what we're talking about, like how to have the subtitle is how to live a grace-paced life in a burnout culture. So all of that was supposed to happen. And we had to cancel our men's conference basically immediately. But the verse that we had tied to that was from uh, Ephesians 5, 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. And some translations say redeem the time. And so that's been something that has been 
you know, in the forefront of my mind and heart thinking about, all right, my time is not my own. Um, my time belongs to my family. <laughs> um, my time belongs to my responsibilities at church, which are changing by the hour, it seems like, these in the last couple of weeks. Ultimately, my time belongs to the Lord. So how do I make the best use of my time, given all that's in front of me, without freaking out over, whoa, my, my schedule is now not what it was. So then how do I continue to abide in the Lord and find pockets of time to make the best use of in prayer. I find myself actually praying much more than I had in the past. Bible reading has actually been more of a challenge than prayer, which is usually the reverse for me. Yeah, just how to make the best use of time. And so that's been something that I've been meditating on a lot. I resonate with that. It's, it's a helpful word to talk about. This time that has been reoriented, but at the same time, we have, we have an opportunity to redeem it and yeah, claim right. some of it back. I like how you, how you frame that, Josh. And Eric, I'm wondering, as, as you're listening and thinking, uh, just in your own personal life, like what have you found yourself, how have you found yourself relying on the Lord and drawing near to Him in the midst of the busyness? Lots of, I, I mean, I know we were talking earlier, there's so many emails we're fielding, we're calls, people are trying to help groups become tech savvy on Zoom and all these different platforms for virtual you know, meetings and things like that. Like we're busy. And how are you taking time for yourself to be in the presence of the Lord and to let him pour into you and and to continue growing? Yeah. I think similarly to what Josh was saying, finding myself praying a lot more than, than I used to. And just the, the shape of my prayers being framed a lot more in dependence upon God, I I think Psalm 77 has been one of the things that has uh, shaped my prayers and uh, being able to kind of in that first half of that Psalm, he he grieves through what's happening and and what he's feeling and what's actually doing that and giving myself time to process what I wish we could do and what I, what, what we're missing, what we're losing out. We were, we've been doing men's Bible study through video conference call and and just missing out on being with those guys and, and being together on Sunday morning. But in the second half, recounting what the Lord has actually done and, and, and remembering his faithfulness and that he continues to be faithful. So my prayer has been shaped through that. And then the other thing that I, that has been really helpful for me, I'm a verbal processor, but writing has also been really helpful. So journaling through some of those things and and coming to the end of the day and thinking through what do I have to be grateful to God for? And then starting the day of how do I need to depend on the Lord today uh, and writing that out and processing that out through writing has been helpful to get words out on a page and think through that. And that that shapes my day around prayer and, and, and journaling. The last thing I'll say is I've also been fasting and that's really weird for me. I haven't done that in a long time. And just kind of forcing myself to depend on this very practical way on God. Uh, and that has been, been really, really good for me, even though really difficult. Well, we ha- we've had to give up so many things for COVID-19. Why not just give up a little bit more and do, <laughs> yeah. do a fast while you're at yeah. it? No, it's good. And, and as I'm listening to you, Eric, I, I think it's beautiful to meditate on a psalm, pray through it. And then I hear you say you're writing your own psalms almost too at the same time. And I think that's a That's a great practice. And if you're a ministry leader right now listening to that and thinking through like, where are you at today? It is crucial and critical that we are taking time in the midst of the disorder and the chaos that we're taking time to do as Josh has just suggested. We reclaim and redeem some of this time for ourselves. And if you're looking for some way to do that, I love the idea of reading Psalms. When you don't know what to pray for, let the Psalter shape the arc of your prayers 
And, you, you know, I love, Eric, that you're writing your prayers out. Do you find yourself writing your prayers sometimes along the lines of the arc or the contours of a psalm? Yeah, that, that's where Psalm 77 has been helpful to start with that kind of, hey, what am I feeling? What am I processing? Laying that out before God and, and using whatever language. The thing that I have to be careful of is I'm not writing a sermon. I'm not writing something that, that is going to be publicized. So I, I just free form. I'm not going to edit. I'm not going to erase. I'm just going to write um, knowing that this isn't something I'm turning in or whatever. Uh, and so just remembering that and processing emotionally and then turning around and then being able to write down how has God been faithful before and during this time, what are the things that people are saying, thankful for, for the live stream or thankful for being able to connect and get to know their neighbors or their small groups connecting and praying together and all these things, writing that down and remembering God's faithfulness in this time. And the Psalm 77 seems to be the, the way that's structured out. Now, I know, Josh, you said you have kids, right? My mic was muted, so you couldn't hear them all behind me. Okay. No, it's all good. It's all right if we hear them. You know what? We're sheltered in. What can we do? Uh, Eric, do you have kids? Yeah, two littles at home. So how are you, I mean, when are you finding the time to do this? I mean, I imagine that life, you know, you're working from home for in, in many regards right now. How have you had to shuffle the time around? When are you doing these things? Would you recommend ministry leaders, you know, set a time in the day right now or, or just take advantage of the time that seems to open up? What would you encourage them? Well, I, I would guess that if many ministry leaders are working from home, now, just like most everybody is, your time is the breaks that you're used to taking, whether you're at the office, they're not happening in the same way anymore. Lunch is a little different. Your commute is no longer. <laughs> um, and so, you know, maybe to, to continue with whatever you were doing before, just finding a new spot, like a new square foot spot for it. <laughs> and if you have that in your house, for me, I don't really have that. But for me to find space, it's, it has more to do with time than location. And so I just have to get out of the bed before my kids do. <laughs> yeah. And that for me is, is a wake up and get right in the word. And again, that, that's not so much as I was saying at the beginning. It's not so much like uh, about the structure. It's just the best way that I've found for me to stay fresh from the very start of the day. And I know that that's nothing new. I guess that many, many people at least strive to have time with the Lord in the morning. But I've had to shift. I'm not naturally a morning person. And so over the last couple of years, the Lord has been working that in me just out of necessity that if you're going to spend time with me, says the Lord, you better get up. And so I've just been doing that more often. So that remains. And as my kids have gotten a little bit older and I'm not rushed out the door in the morning, I invite them to come sit down with me and, you know, we're not, we'll read, Hey dad, what are you reading? And I love it that they can come to the table where I'm sitting and just crawl out of bed and come sit in my lap and I'll explain a little bit of scripture to them. So, you know, that may not be everybody's experience. And part of me would be like, no, stay away just for a second while I finish this thought. But, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about with the family, and I shared this with my small group um, the other night. I would hate for this to be over and my kids be in their twenties and think back. You remember that time when dad was home during that crisis, you know, and cause everybody's going to remember where they were when this was going on. That was terrible when he was home or we didn't actually get much more time with him. And I would, I would hate that. And I guess this gets back to the redeeming the time thing, but like I want to take advantage of every moment and, and sacrifice a couple extra 
minutes of alone time to shepherd my kids a little bit more. Yeah. A little bit more lap time, if you will, for them to sit down and let's, you know, talk about the Bible together. And it involves us paying attention to that, the opportunity that arises to take advantage of it and to be present enough to say, you know what, let's enter into that. Uh, so I'm curious, Eric, I want to ask you this question. You know, as you've been going through the Psalter and you've been in prayer in the ways you've described and imagine you're finding the spaces in the day to do that, how has God been revealing himself to you through these new spiritual disciplines? Yeah, I think that what has been uh, most eye-opening to me is that the things that I thought were interruptions in the past is God stepping into to my day and being able to see that and feel that and react to the things around me in that way. So when my kids, you know, jump into the room or uh, it, there's a bunch of noise, it, it, go down to lunch, whatever it might be, seeing God in those spaces uh, and, and being able to be responsive. God, open my eyes. How do you want me to participate in this space right now in a way that honors you? Or, or what are you trying to teach me and show me? And my kids especially have, have taught me how to, uh, to slow down and see things that I wouldn't normally see. And especially in this moment of everything's just moving so quickly and trying to get a bunch of things done uh, to be able to slow down with, with my girls. It just has been a, a really good moment of, of seeing God telling me to slow down when I would just want to speed up and turn the RPMs a little bit more. So. I love that. Um, this week, I, was, I had an experience like you did, Josh. I was downstairs and I was you know, fielding some emails. But my son came down. He's six. And, uh, and I've been wanting so badly to tune into, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the BibleProject.com. They're like yeah. videos. Yeah, so good. What an awesome resource. Uh, and and I, you know, I've always wanted to show Henry these videos. And I'm an Old Testament scholar, and the guys who've created it are Old Testament scholars, and they've done it with such rigor and an organization and theological soundness that the, the videos are excellent. I mean, even adults, I think, would uh, tune in and find these videos to be so helpful. But some of the basic ones that kind of walk people through the Gospels of Luke or whatever, you know, they're just so done, so well done with the artwork. My son wanted to just keep watching them. So we watched them together on the couch and we just took advantage of that. And he's like, you know, he's like telling my daughter, who's two years old, Penny, Jesus is God. You know that Jesus is God, right? <laughs> Taking advantage of these like, key moments to be present, aware, and to say, you know what? I'm not going to let um, the next meeting rush me or the next email rush me. I want to take advantage and, and open up my life here to, to be present um, and disciple, essentially, the ones who are closest to us. And that's another gift we have right now. And Josh, you were getting after that. Like, we are pastors of discipleship. Yes, we're, you know, we're leading many in our communities. Ultimately, at the end of the day, if I wake up and I'm, you know, an old man and, and my kids are all grown and, and they don't love Jesus and I had missed opportunities like this or whatever else, I'll have to explain that, I think, at the throne one day. And I want to at least say I tried. I'm going to piggyback on that with the, the screens is I think we're increasingly finding ourselves in front of screens more. And that can disrupt and distract us from our spiritual disciplines. Like all of Absolutely. our have been on, on screens, which actually have made them more efficient. <laughs> so there are a lot of pluses to that. I mean, we're doing this podcast via screen right now, which I know people have done for years and years, but everything is being forced to that way, which is a good thing. But there is a, the other side of the coin in that because they're in front of us all the time, we do need to discipline ourselves to put them down. And that can distract from spiritual disciplines and spending time in the word. And so I would encourage 
people, if they're, if they're listening and you've been reading your Bible on your iPad or on your phone, pick up a paper Bible so that you're not looking at a screen one more time. You're not tempted to check the news, to check your social media, or check your email. In fact, find the settings on your phone to stop getting notifications. Turn your watch off or whatever it is that you've got that alerts you so that you can have that uninterrupted time and move away from a screen, especially during this time. That's such great practical wisdom there, Josh. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow because, you know, I'm preaching Sunday and Sunday is going to be a work day for me. I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give and I'm going to create. And the Sabbath is something I, I try to observe. I want to embrace the day where I can just stop creating and just be and be with the Lord, take walks, enjoy the creation that's, that's around me, enjoy my family. And I'm, tomorrow I'm pumped because I'm going to take all the screens that I have, these, the laptop I'm looking at, the microphones that are around me, the headphones, cell phone, everything. I'm turning it all off. I'm literally going to shut my phone off. And I'm just going to try to spend the majority of the day tomorrow screen-free with my family. And you know whatever that looks like, I don't know what it'll look like, but I'm excited to, to experience it. But I think that point you're making, Josh, is very important for all of us to take note of. The screens can sometimes be a deterrent and a distractor. And now we're in front of them more so than ever. So we have to be conscientious of that. So I, I appreciate that. So, so Eric, here's a question I want to ask you, and we'll have to wrap it up here um, after this. But and this is for both of you, I guess. But Eric, I want you to take the first stab at it. Like as you look ahead in the next week or so, a couple of weeks, I mean, things are probably going to be the way they are. What would you like to see life look like? What would you like to see a spiritual discipline look like that you could maybe embrace or uh, take advantage of as you've been thinking through it? Like, is there... Um, are there walks that need to be taken? Are is there more times of solitude? Uh, you said you've been fasting. Like, are you looking at continuing to do that? And how have you sensed God moving in that? So I'm just curious what you've been thinking about and sensing as you're moving forward. Yeah, I, I'd like to continue to step further into fasting and what that might look like and how that can communicate to my soul, my dependence upon God. I think the thing that I have to fight against is that the screens have this deceptive kind of spiral for me that make me think that I'm able to do more than I'm supposed to do, that I'm able to do, and and, and almost kind of an anti-gospel message that he's already done the work. I'm, I'm not the savior and the screens empower me and make me feel more savior like uh, than, than without them because I'm able to do just so much more and, and I can fly across multiple monitors and whatever it might be. And so leaning into fasting as a way to continue to preach the gospel to myself that I, I am not the savior, that he is God. And so going into the further weeks, measuring uh, my my growth in Christ by how much more am I, am I turning to him as the one that's going to be doing all these things. He's going to be doing all this work and I'm participating with him in this and fasting is one of the ways that I've found even recently has pushed me to that. And I want to continue to step into that. And Josh, what about you as you're looking down the pipeline here and work is going to probably be very similar to what it is now. Is there anything that you want to see continue to sharpen on your end? Is there anything you're sensing the Lord maybe nudging you towards do more of this or experience more of this? Yeah, I think for me, even just this morning prayer and shutting off headphones and noise. So I run a fair bit and got out for a run this morning and was running around through the neighborhoods around here. And while normally I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast or music or something like that, I'd say for the first two thirds of my run, I didn't have anything on. It was just quiet. And I spent a lot of time praying. I ran, I, I did a different path today 
and ran through a lot of our neighborhoods and treated it like a prayer walk. And I saw a lot of sidewalk art and paid attention to the the little things that people had written encouraging notes. And, you know, just in, in my discipline of running, I was able to discipline myself instead of like tuning everything out. I was tuning into the Lord and praying for my community because I can't see them. They're not, I mean, I saw a lot of people out walking, but just trying to be more intentional, intentional about praying. And that connects me to the Lord. Um, I'm able to listen, but then also able to pray for health, but also pray for salvation and pray for the gospel to go out. We live in a, you know, in Wheaton, it's, it's a pretty Christian saturated area, but you know, the more we've, we get out in the community, we find out, you know, there's a lot of people who don't know Jesus around us. We just assume that. And so trying to pray for those opportunities and take advantage of the little ways, I, I think is something that I'm thinking more about and doing more. We have to wrap it up here. I just appreciate so much both of you. And I'm walking away with deep convictions now. A, as my Lent commitments were derailed by COVID-19, I need to get back to some fasting. So Eric, thank you for convicting me on that front in a good way. The Lord has used you in this conversation. And B, I haven't been running enough. So appreciate you uh, going ahead and bring that up too. Um, But I really appreciate both of you guys. I feel... uh, you know, I don't know you at all other than getting a chance to talk to you a little bit here. And, and it's just a joy to be with other brothers that are pastoring and seeking to grow in the Lord. And uh, I get new ideas. And I think the Lord uses this type of space to encourage us and to encourage those who are listening. So I want to just thank you to, uh, to both you, Josh, and Eric as well for taking the time out of your day today to take part in this. I, I hope and I pray that, that your ministries continue to thrive. Thank you for those of you who are tuning in to the Transform Discipleship Podcast brought to you by smallgroups.com. Again, we are committed to helping you make disciples of Jesus Christ in your small groups and Bible studies. For resources, please visit our website. And as we're continuing to seek to improve this podcast, we would love for you to rate us on iTunes and spread the word about what we're trying to do and equip leaders in the future. So God bless until next time.